Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spesh. Hello. What's new, Derek? Well, it's uh, almost Christmas. I'm waiting for more snow, and uh, I'm kind of anxious to go skiing and uh, winter camping. Winter camping, yeah, skiing, I, I haven't done in years. We've got the kids, uh, we, we ski lessons and stuff for the kids, right? Oh, you've so, been doing that the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's, it's kind of fun. It's interesting. And it's them trying new things and whatever. I don't know if it's going to take, but uh, eh. You never know. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Maybe yep. they'll be in the Olympics. Giant oh, slalom or something. There you go. Woohoo. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, kids. Endorsements. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Daddy needs a new pair of whatever. <laughs> no, that's, that's cool. Keep them outdoors. Get them outdoors yeah. and keep them out there. And yeah, something just to get them Activities. Active. Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, want to I mean, most, on video games and yeah, most people sit inside during the the winter months and vegetate, hibernate. Yeah, yeah. You know, meditate, mm-hmm. hibernate, vegetate. Stella's already been asking about winter camping. Yeah. When are we gonna go winter camping? When are you going? You're not going out for New Year's, are you? No, Algonquin? no. But we're gonna try and we're gonna try and get out. Unfortunately, my tent disallows backcountry camping. Mm-hmm. It's just too big. It's a 10 man belt army tent. Yeah. It's, it's way too big and heavy. It's, it wouldn't fit on a sled. It takes two people to carry the stupid yeah. thing. So I, until I get a proper lightweight backcountry winter camping tent and stuck in the front country. Yeah. Now what about, um, family day weekend? We're probably going to go. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Like it, it will, it will, we're not going to book anything until the last minute. And there's always uh, non-electrical sites that are always available off yeah. on the fringes of the, of Mew Lake. So, but yeah, like we, the kids love getting up there for family day weekend and stuff. So it's, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. We're heading up there for family day weekend, mm-hmm. get some, some stuff done. Unfortunately, schedules don't allow us to get up there for New Year's this year, oh, yeah? which that kind of sucks, but mm-hmm. yeah, is what it is. Yeah. I see uh, that they have the skate rink up and running. And yeah. Like the Sontags were up there last weekend. And so they did a couple of live videos and whatnot. So yeah, I'm, the camping family were up there and yeah. doing all their stuff. They're, uh, yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, they're huge in the winter camp. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely huge yeah. in it with their snow trekkers mm-hmm. and, and all that sort of thing. And yeah, the, uh, the, the rinks are up and, and running and, uh, you can play the hockey and do your skating. Yeah. You can do it's your pretty sk- sweet. Yeah, they, they definitely got snow up there right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Down here, Toronto area. Well, <sighs> Mew Lake, they were, uh, well, when, when the uh, back the backcountry, the symposium. Yep. Uh, John Van Berger was up and uh, he was camping. He showed me some pictures and they already had lots of snow up there, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's, and that was like in November. So. Yeah. So they've definitely got enough up there for <laughs> yes, some good winter absolutely. camping activities, yeah. that's for sure, and winter yeah. sports. And like I say, they, they got the, the trails up there as well. Yeah, there's the, there's the, the hiking loop trails. There's a, there's a few, I, do they have groomed cross-country ski trails in Algonquin? Yeah. I think yeah. they do. Yeah, there's yeah. a couple. Um, there's one, I think there's one, is it by the visitors or the, the, the West gate? I know there's one over by the East gate, mm-hmm. the Fern Lake trail or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think there's one on the east side as well, or the west side yeah. as well. Yeah. I haven't cross-country skied there, but I've done a lot of snowshoeing on a golf one. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's, I, I either do the hiking trails or snowshoeing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't, I don't do the skiing. I haven't done the skiing since Saskatchewan, the cross-country <laughs> skiing, which you can go for like days. Yeah. And days and days Without and days, turning. Without turning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been gone for four weeks. <laughs> I used to have a family. <laughs> Yeah, so that'll be good. That'll be good. Get up there, and I'm looking to do some day, like some day trips too, over the weekends and stuff like that, just to get up and do some hiking yeah. and stuff like that. I'm gonna see about doing some trails in the Toronto area and stuff like that as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, see about doing some stuff, but just to get out and yeah, get some exercise. Heading back to the gym and all that. As having shin issues. Oh yeah. And uh, that seems to have cleared up so I can get, start getting back to the gym. Excellent. Unfortunately, they start getting back when everybody starts doing their New Year's resolution thing. Yeah. Which it totally too busy sucks. And... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it totally yeah. sucks. So, uh, yeah. So other than that, that's pretty much it, man. Everybody just getting ready for the Christmas yeah. thing. and Last little push just for yeah. Christmas. Have you done all your shopping yet? Uh, a little bit. Not much. I'm doing most of it online. Just because I've been so busy at work, right? Yeah. So it's... Uh, you know, the, the odd thing here and there that I do have to get locally and like, I like to do all the little local shops. I get, you know, Christmas ornaments for the kids every year and stuff like that. Right. Right. 
They're from Santa, so nobody tell them. Yeah. <laughs> Santa always gets some couple Christmas ornaments plus other things. Yeah. I haven't even started my shopping yet. No? No, that's a, that's a December 24th thing. <laughs> yeah. I do my best best work under pressure. <laughs> hey, it hasn't failed me yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oven mitts in the vacuum. All right. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that was a bigger hit than the mixer. (laughs) (laughs) But I jest. Yeah. No. So that's about all that's going on, man. Yeah. It's just, it's just that time of year, right? It's, you're kind of, your head's down. You're trying to clear things up so you can take some time off at Christmas and, and uh, getting all the Christmas this and that done. Oh, we, uh, we set up our Christmas tree there last week. We went to the local uh, Watson's farm to get get a tree. Yep. So we rolled in there and it's like, it was uh, just about 12 days before Christmas, 11 days before Christmas. And we rolled into the little Christmas tree farm place and uh, there was, it was like, where's the trees? Gone? We didn't get the last one. There was one tree left when we left. You got the second last one. So you're the guy that beat Charlie Brown. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Both trees, the, the only, the, both trees are tiny trees. Both trees were kind of scraggly, flat on one side. So I was like, well, that one's fluffier. I don't know. I'll take that one. <laughs> <laughs> I got the price down from 55 to 40. Wow. <laughs> I know. It's a lot for, I, I'm going to have to buy a fake tree. We just got, uh, well, we've had a fake tree forever. I'm not big on the real trees in the house and I've seen consequences of it going back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen yeah. a house fire, well, a couple of house fires from, from trees, not personal, uh, our house, but yeah. Uh, so I, I've just never been comfortable with, uh, oh, yeah? um, a real tree in the house. Yeah. So we've always, we've always had the fake tree. And then last year we're saying, well, our, our old 25 or whatever year old trees had, had its day. Yeah. So we went out and got one of those pre-lit trees. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet bejeebers. Took me 10 minutes to set it up the other day. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Okay, trees up. You guys can decorate it now. I awesome. found I found one of those pre-lit trees. Uh, it's called a Twinkly. Uh, a girl at work, she, uh, she got one last year. It's Wi-Fi connected and you program it. And so you can either have pictures like it's like the cn tower okay you know what the cn tower does yeah well that's what this tree does but on a grander scale so you could have a have a, a picture or patterns or you see flowers flying across it or birds flying across it or it's like a tv in a tree yeah that's a bit much <laughs> yeah i don't need something like that and it's only 600 bucks it's a yeah <laughs> it's a fight just that i've got to actually get the stuff out so people yeah. can set it up like if I didn't have to get all that stuff out, I wouldn't, yeah. but because, you, know, you know, Christmas was my favorite time yeah. of year, right? But. <laughs> but she was saying her kids, because it comes with the app on the phone, right? So the kids were playing, tic, her, her kids were playing tic-tac-toe on the tree. So they would do the, the thatch and then they would do the X's and O's and you'd see it all showing up on the tree. Right. It was like, sounds pretty neat, but it's just a lot of money. Yeah. 600 bucks for a. Video a game gimmick? tree? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. Let's watch a movie on the tree. Do you know what you could buy for 600 bucks? <laughs> Tattling gear. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You get yourself a new, you can get yourself a new big uh, Eureka pack, plus a life jacket. There you go. Plus a paddle. Yeah, you can get a lot for 600 yeah, bucks. 600 bucks, man. You can get some high price tag. Or you can get there. a tree. Or you can get a tree. <laughs> or you can get yourself a video game system and a paddle and... <laughs> Yeah, but even video games now are like seventy five bucks a pop. Yeah, you know I yes. I don't know I don't have any. Yeah, no. Hopefully you can keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, because you you've heard the yes yeah <laughs> the Call of Duty and whatnot yeah. that goes on upstairs. <laughs> yeah, if we if we recorded, there would be a lot of bleeping. Yeah, because when things go wrong, <laughs> things go really wrong. You know, they get so into it. <laughs> But anyway, uh, what are we talking about tonight? Uh, Minnesota. Yes. Might as well just jump right into this. Absolutely. Let's get right into it. I like this. I I came across this. Minnesota is putting together a state outdoor recreation office. 
And apparently this is becoming a thing now. There's 16 other states that have done this. Mm -hmm. And they're putting together a task force to support and grow outdoor recreation opportunities. It re the, these task force represent a joint initiative, uh, the one in, Miss in, in Minnesota, between the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources and Explore Minnesota. So they're getting together, they're, they're, they're putting together this task force to say, yeah. hey, what, are, what can we do to expand the benefits of outdoor recreation for the economy, in environmental stewardship, and the quality of life? So people. The yeah. Minnesota if you want a happy, healthy populace, you got to provide stuff like this to encourage people to get out more. Yeah. So they'll make recommendations across state agencies on how best to improve access to the outdoors and communicate the benefits of spending time outside, which is, that's been a big thing the last couple of years is, mm -hmm. you know, get outside. It's good for you. Doctors are recommending time outside, stress yeah. relief, time outside, all that sort of thing. So they're, they're, you know, it's more of the communicate the benefits of spending time outside and basically to, um, bolster the overall outdoor recreation economy. Yeah. Because absolutely. the more people that go outside, the more money they're going to spend on <laughs> that yeah, sort it's, of it stuff. It brings in the tourism money. It brings yeah. in, like there's, you're going to get out of state people. And it's, uh, when I do the hiking with the guys down in, in the white mountains and stuff like that, you, you go into the parking lots and, uh, all these people are off into the mountains hiking and doing whatever. So, but you walk through the parking lot and it's like the, the diversity of license plates. Yeah. And that, oh, that's yeah. the big indicator where people from, and there's a lot of license plates from Quebec. Oh yeah. Well, so it's, it's straight huge. south, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It's directly south. So it's just incredible to see the diversity of people that come in from out of state to enjoy whatever backcountry goodies you can get yourself into. Right. Yeah. And so stuff like this, this will help promote and get people more interested in these outdoor activities that the state can, it'll bring in the, the, the tourist dollars and tax and it'll help uh, support local businesses, you know, gas stations and restaurants and hotels, motels. And so it, uh, it helps everybody all around. So in the end, the money that they pour into this, uh, outdoor recreational offices, it'll, it does pay back. If they do it right and it's successful, yeah. of course, right? Yeah. And in statewide too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the governor, Tim Waltz, uh, <clears throat> Walls says, outdoor recreation provides substantial social, economic, and health-related benefits to Minnesotans. So yeah. Minnesotans. 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 Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's even saying that, like everything from the economy to social, because people are getting out and they're spending Absolutely, time together, yeah. right? Yeah. Like family, family yeah. stuff. I mean, just like we're talking about Get winter camping. People out from out in front of the TVs yeah. and, and computer games. Yeah. The economy, of course, as we just said, the economy will definitely boom because, mm -hmm. um, you, yeah, you're, you're, you're paying money to put gas in your car. Yeah. You're paying money to get that, say if, if it's a canoe or a kayak, you're paying money to, you know, drive to wherever to pay money to get into these parks and stuff, right? Is Minnesota one of those states that want to uh, license paddlers? Not that I remember. Not that I remember. <laughs> one of those states wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, even if you're doing, like, rock climbing mm -hmm. and stuff. And, I yeah. mean, that's not yeah. cheap stuff either. No, exactly. So all these outdoor companies are going to mm -hmm. be raking in some bucks as well, mm -hmm. you know, by getting more people outside. Yeah. So they say the, the governor says this task force represents a big tent effort to bring together a community of leaders who will make recommendations to make sure Minnesota is second to none in outdoor recreation and economic opportunity. So that, I mean, that sounds pretty good. To assemble the task force, the uh, Department of Natural Resources and Explore Minnesota will accept applications to fill its 20 member panel. Huh. Applications to serve on the task force are due January 10th. Is this a paid position or is this a volunteer position? I would think it's volunteer. Seems like it would be, eh? Yeah, because yeah, you never know though. Uh, once organized, the task force will begin in earnest to submit its first recommendations for fall 2020 on how the state can expand recreation opportunities. So it sounds like they're going to take the first half of um, 2020 to pick the panel and have the panel start researching. This yeah. is what you need. We need to do yeah. to, you know, improve stuff. And if that's what they're doing by fall, 
uh, I got to think 2021 is when they would be implementing stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So, because I mean, they're not going to just say, okay, well, it's fall, do it. Yeah. So it's going to take some time There's to get off the feet. And stuff, yeah. yeah. And I mean, what do they say here? The state's renowned for its abundant lakes, excellent cycling, cycling infrastructure, and the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness, among other attractions. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I mean, there's lots of stuff to do in Minnesota with all, I mean, all the lakes and stuff. Isn't that like land of a billion lakes or something like that? Oh, I don't know. I think it says on their license plate or something. I could be wrong. So $9.6 billion economic impact of outdoor recreation and more than 100,000 jobs it creates in the States, the outdoor recreation does. That's a lot of money that gets put into recreation. So they're saying this is money is already spent. This is yeah. The, this represents a great moment for the state of Minnesota by recognizing and giving voice to the nine point six billion dollar economic input impact of outdoor recreation. Wow. So that's already income. That's already yeah. there coming yeah. in. Yeah. Hundred thousand jobs. Hmm. So if they can expand, they expand on expand on that, on it. Yeah. yeah, that'll be awesome. Huh. Uh, so what are the other states? There's 16 other states here that have formed outdoor recreation offices. Most uh, of these are, I'm not surprised by any of these really. Washington, Oregon, Vermont, Utah, Colorado. Those two definitely don't surprise me. Yeah. Wyoming, Montana, uh, North Carolina. That one kind of does. North Carolina? Yeah. Maine, New Mexico, Mich- Michigan definitely doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Nevada a bit. Nevada a bit. They've got the Sierra Nevadas. The, the, there's a lot of mountainous areas. Like there's a lot of hiking and climbing. Yeah. And Wisconsin, um, Virginia, New Hampshire, and Maryland. I'm not. I'm not all up to date on Maryland, but Maryland isn't that the. Yeah, that's near Washington, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, so there are 16 other states with now Minnesota, and they've all got these outdoor. Uh, recreation offices mm-hmm. task force to so, look into all this and say, Hey, this is, this is the better way to spend some money to get people out there, to help the economy, to make people more sociable with each other. And, and I, I think the big thing is getting out, making sure people get out there with their friends and family and enjoy the benefits of the outdoors. Right. Do these outdoor state facility recreation office, do they combine efforts or are they just, they're independent because if you could somehow, if they work together. What, like from the different states? Yeah. I'm I'm thinking by the, from what I've read, they're state specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know how the, you have like uh, sister cities and stuff, you know what I right. mean? So if the states, if these outdoor offices, like they combine efforts to co-promote, I don't know. I don't know if that would be detrimental or beneficial. If you like Washington, you're going to like Oregon. Yeah, I don't know that they would do that because then they're forcing people out of their own state to go. Yeah, I guess you're right. To go elsewhere. You want people to come in. Yeah. They're going to cross remote maybe. I don't know. But I mean, I mean, some of these, these big trails that the guys do, Mm -hmm. they might work that way together and say, hey, once you come out of this state, make sure you keep on going through the next state or, you know, if you're coming the other way, vice versa sort of thing, right? Like these big hiking trails that they're they're doing there, the what are those the, uh, the not that around Appalachian. Tra- Appalachian Trail and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, I mean it, maybe that way they do, but I I haven't seen any. I, I'm thinking they're all state specific. Yeah, I don't think there's any cross mm-hmm. uh, into it like that at all. So well, that's awesome. It's it's nice to see that that uh, government agencies agencies still see the benefit of promoting outdoor activities, right? Yeah, I mean I I'm thinking it's fully the money issue getting yep bringing the money yeah. in but like i say the the health benefits and the social benefits absolutely they, they go in hand yeah. in hand you know uh, i i would think the province like ontario and all that should be good with that too doing that mm-hmm. sort of thing yeah yeah i know right you know yeah. like i mean especially in toronto mm-hmm. i mean you got all these people sitting here in a, a concrete jungle. Yes. If they were to sort of do the same sort of thing and say, how can we get these people out of here? 
or get them down to <laughs> what you say. Yeah. How can we get these yeah. people out of here? Get these people out of here. <laughs> yeah, there's nobody in Toronto. We got them all out. <laughs> no, get 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 them out of the city for yeah. the, for the day yeah. or the weekend or, you know, like how many people head up to Blue Mountain? Yeah, to that's do all the opportunities up there. Super right? popular. You know, winter and summer. Right. Yeah. It is a true four season resort now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look at people heading, they're, they're starting Halliburton Highland water trails mm-hmm. and stuff like that, yeah. right? They're starting to pump some, yeah. some info into that and getting that info out there that people, oh, look, this place, yeah. this place, the Kawartha's. And I wouldn't be surprised if QE2, uh, became a fully operational park, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't book or can't reserve and you just kind of first come first serve right now. Yeah. But that was the way the Kawartha Highlands was as well, but they've, they've now made it into an operational park. Yeah. So, I mean, they start doing stuff like that and get more information out there than I think, yeah, they, they're, I don't, I don't know if a task force would, would help that out here in Ontario, but. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know. Because we're already, Ontario tends to have a fair amount of outdoor opportunity. Mm-hmm. And some places, like you can already see that as, as we've witnessed ourselves, that a lot of places like, for example, Gonquin Park, uh, French River, it's, they're overloved. There's overused, yeah. right? So it's almost to the point where it's like, oh, we better stop promoting this. <laughs> it's going to be overrun, right? Yeah. But it's, it's always good. Even it might be, a, that might be a negative view on my part, but it, it is better to get more people out. And I think the more people that learn to love the outdoors will learn to care for the future of the outdoors. I think they need to promote st- how do I say it? Maybe weekend stuff close to the big cities. So stuff that you can, because there's not a lot of people that want to drive six hours Saturday morning, mm-hmm. camp overnight, yeah. and then six hours back home Sunday and all that traffic. But if it's a week long trip and, but yeah. you know, it, it comes down to, it comes down to awareness of what is available to you. Like, for example, I think the situation would be completely different with the Solace Wildlands if more people were made aware of, like, if, if the, the Southern Ontario is aware that Northern Ontario actually existed, yeah, it might be a difference, right? But so, so much of Southern Ontario is so me, 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 and, you know, it's like, it's insane the amount of traffic you see here, just... Yeah. But up, up north, if they were aware of what's available to them, the, 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 the magnificence of the parks and the Solace Wildlands and, you know, all those different parks up there, I think the Solace Wildlands would not be having the issue it's having now with, uh, yeah. new logging. They want to start strip, uh, Turner Road. Yeah. The Turner Road. They, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I think when it comes to the, not that I want to get off to too much off topic, but if, if the public was more aware and more into outdoor areas and outdoor activities, then maybe logging wouldn't be as appealing there and they would have to move farther west or farther north and, and log areas that are not populated that people do not go to. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, uh, I, I think it would be beneficial to start promoting that kind of thing to get oh, people aware of it. Definitely. And I don't, I don't think you could have one task force, I think you would have to split the province up in at least three sections. It's a huge You know, like southern, southern Ontario, say from Huntsville down and then north uh, Ontario and then northwest Ontario sort of thing. I think you you definitely have to, to split it. Exactly. Yeah. And and really promote all of it. Because from, if you you look at Toronto or you look at Kingston, you look at Ottawa, some of that stuff's quite the drive. And I mean, people aren't as nuts as we are driving. Yeah. Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, so like even weekend stuff, well, around say a 200 kilometer radius of, of Ottawa, here's what you can do. A, a 200 kilometer, cause that's, that's two hours of driving. You can't do yeah, two hours and, of driving. And, and most, you'll find most people willing to do two hours. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And say, this is what's all, all, here's the opportunities for you to get outdoors you know, Toronto to 200 kilometers, here's all the opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Windsor from there, you know, because even, even Mikey, our buddy, Mike Burns there that does the Cedar Strip canoes there when he's coming from Windsor. Yeah. If he's, you know, I mean, that's a six hour drive for him to get to the North end of Algonquin. It is know. an issue for him. Like, yeah. and he's a, he doesn't, I wouldn't say he's complained about it. He's like, Hey guys, this is, you know, let's plan ahead because this is like a big drive for me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It definitely is where we're thinking, ah, 
two hours we're in Huntsville, yeah, another hour okay, we're in the park go. sort of and, thing. Let's go. Yeah. And he goes, no, 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 like five hours I'm yeah. in Huntsville. I have and to another take hour a day down. off work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that I, I think a task force like they've just set up in Minnesota and those yeah. 16 other uh, states, yeah. I think something that could be a benefit in Ontario. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm sure it could be a benefit in other provinces as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to make people more aware, this is what's out there and yeah. get them out from in front of that TV and... Absolutely, yeah. You know, and make, give people the um, options they have for, you know, after a long work week. Yeah, there's a lot of people that just, I'm not packing up a vehicle. <laughs> exactly, right. Give them, give them opportunities for easy day trips. Mm-hmm. You know, boom, here's here's all the information. You want trails, you yeah. want this, you want that. Da, da, da. Make Just shove it in their face. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, the, it's it's out there if you start looking for it. But, um, you know, it, it's got to be more in your face. If they can put, you know, if, if I can look up, you know, funky socks on the internet and then my Facebook thing has nonstop advertising for funky socks, <laughs> then they can do the same for, yeah. for outdoor opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that I can use my new funky socks at. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Yeah. But that's that's a pretty cool, uh, a pretty cool thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's oh 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 oh? You, oh yes. I don't think you know about this. Uh, about what? The 2020 Paddling Film Festival. How would I not know about that? We do it every year. No, but you don't know that I've booked it. Well, I assumed you're booking it. Well, we're done. I wasn't waiting for you to do it. Well, I did it. <laughs> I done did it. The 2020 <clears throat> Paddling Film Festival, Tuesday, March 10th, 2020. 2000, that sounds weird. I know, 2020. perfect vision. 2020. I can see it now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tickets are on Eventbrite. So I think if you Google 2020 Paddle, Paddling Film Festival, uh, Paddling Adventures Radio Ajax, you can get the link. We will post the link for that. $15 a ticket. It goes from 7 till 11. Massive screen. 108 inch screen TVs. There's like six of them. Not a bad seat in the house. Yeah. Uh, I think it's what? 90, 90 people? 100 people it fits? I think so, yeah. We sold out last Comfortably year. Comfortably is 95 or so. Yeah. 95, 100 people. Yeah. So uh, 7 o'clock at night, you sit down, you have yourself a... Dinner a, and a beverage. And dinner, beverage with your friends. Enjoy and, some outdoor videos. Yeah. All what? these, all these films. It's yeah. pretty cool. Don't wait to the last minute because it's been selling out the last couple of years. Yes. Uh, much to our enjoyment and surprise. Yeah, exactly. And I think we had like five or six tickets at the door last year. Yeah. So and I would just not mostly count. squeezing people in yeah. and stuff. So Might it's, be standing it's, room only, sit yeah. at the bar sort yeah. of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would not wait to till the last minute yeah. this this usually we do it the tuesday right after saint patty's day yeah this year saint patty's day is on a tuesday <laughs> so we're actually going to do it the tuesday before saint patty's mm-hmm. day so it's it's tuesday march 10th we'll be having it this year yeah uh again it'll be at uh, drums and flats in ajax and all the all the information will be on our website we'll set, stick that up there this week and uh Everybody can start buying their tickets and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and yeah, organize themselves and have a good time. Absolutely, we had a uh, we had a blast. So, uh, let's take a quick break here, and when we're coming back, we're talking Derek's Book Club <laughs> by Sean. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So Derek's Book Club. (laughs) I received an email from a fella out in Manitoba, Kyle Penner. 
And uh, Kyle has written a book and said, uh, can I send you a copy and, you know, talk about it and I can come on the show and chit chat about it. And this is becoming a thing. People are now wanting us to send us books and yeah. I'm going to spend half my time reading. People get to promote themselves. Yeah. And, and we Which get is what it's books. about, right? Who Goes Canoeing with Their Mother-in-Law by Kyle Penner. <laughs> His mother-in-law, Patty Enns, actually did the illustrations in here. And you can see the, um, well, whenever there's not writing. Oh. Some good illustrations. Pretty good quality. Yeah. So it's basically a bunch of small stories of paddling trips he's taken around Manitoba. Short stories, various paddling trips. And, and the thing I like about it is there's parts of these trips like you're reading it that you can relate to oh, yeah? because it's happened to us. Like, mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. I remember my first canoe trip and this happened and that happened. Yeah. Oh, I'm so not ready. You know, there's, <laughs> there's little, little tidbits that you okay. can not necessarily exactly what happened, but you can definitely relate. Yeah. And that, that's why I'm, I was just going through, I mean, I'm almost done this book and I said, yeah. I just got it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and like I said, the maps and illustrations in the book are by Kyle's mother-in-law. You can order this on Amazon and Barnes and Noble website, and you can get the ebook off of Chapters Indigo website. I'm not going to go too in depth on what the book is about because we're going to get Kyle in here in the new, I was chatting with him today. Yeah, we'll get him to talk about it. And he says, yeah, new year, we'll uh, get him on on here. We'll do the Skype thing and he can talk about some of his stories and stuff like that. But yeah, a lot of stories in here. Oh, I can so relate, <laughs> you know, on things, on things that have happened and I, I'm just reading it and I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's not good. And, I got to yeah. look at a map of Manitoba now. <laughs> Cause I'm thinking, wait, where are you going paddling in Manitoba? Lots of spots. Well, apparently, but. But he's talking a couple, but a couple areas that he goes paddling in a lot, um, and I'm, just the way he's describing some of these things, one of them, uh, I can't remember the name of the place too, and I should. Like, how bad is that? They, Caddy Lake. a lot of water in Manitoba. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't be surprised because it's like the beginning of the of the plains, right? The prairies. Yeah. Uh, Caddy Lake. There's these tunnels they made under the railroad tracks. I guess they, it sounds like they blew holes. Yeah. Under the railway tracks. Or where they were putting the railway tracks. Yeah. So there's like these rock tunnels that to you get... have to go under. Oh, wow. The river goes under it. So you have to paddle under these rock tunnels. So he talks about going there all the time. And I'm thinking, wow. And you blow your whistle before you go through because it's pitch black. Oh. So you're giving warning to anybody else that's already in the tunnel, I guess. Huh. Uh, What's the name of the lake? Uh, Caddy? Caddy. C-A-D-D-Y. Going into South Cross Lake. And then way up there is North Cross and, and, uh, Nason Lake. And that's, uh, very close to the interior border near Kenora. Mm-hmm. He's out of, uh, well, he talked about close to the Winnipeg area and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, there's, I, I'm really, really enjoying it. There's a Bigfoot is real, uh, chap- <laughs> that was, that was funny because it so, what he does in this, in this chapter, you know, on that trip, I would so be into doing that. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was hilarious. It was really hilarious. Oh, I can see the tunnel. Yeah. Wow. Pretty cool, eh? Yeah. I wonder what that would be like with a train going over top. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's cool just reading these, these stories and, yeah. uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, I say that. Yeah, I've done that. Or yep, yep. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh, I would so do that. So... Who Goes Camping with Their Mother-in-Law by Kyle Penner. Uh, at Kyle Penner Author on Facebook, if you want to find him there. Or Kyle Penner, P-E-N-N-E-R dot net. KylePenner.net. And from there, he has links to Barnes & Noble and yeah. Indigo and Amazon sort of thing. So if you want a, a funny little book, uh, last minute thing, I think it's like 20 bucks or something like that, um, to send somebody for Christmas. Perfect little book. Check it out. And yeah, we'll actually have Kyle uh, do an interview with him so he can go through some of his stories and stuff like that in the new year and get him on here. And There's so much water in Manitoba. Yeah. Yeah. And you, well. Well, know. the Red, Red, Red River and. Uh, yeah. 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 
Well, Brandon Manitoba, when we drove across the country last year, mm-hmm. the kids and I went paddling there. Well, we set up the trailer and we went paddling uh, through there. Lake Winnipeg is bigger than Lake Ontario. Oh, huge Much and bad. Bigger. And it, it, yeah. Well, uh, Winnipeg, that's where uh, Mike Ranta had all the issues, right? Oh, with the all weather. The and, and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. It comes up yeah. fast and violent. It's, it's like, I think it's like superior. Yeah. Like you can be windbound for days when you get onto Lake Winnipeg. It's huh. bad. It can get up. You'll be nice and calm. And then it just, it, yeah, it just comes right up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gimli, Manitoba is south east side, I think of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gimli Goose, as in? Gimli. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was the Air Cadet uh, Glider School was there. Yeah. You know, we used to go there from Yorkton, Saskatchewan over there. To do okay. Glider. Yeah. So. <laughs> Oh, back in the day when I was, oh, what a wee lad. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, there was, yeah. When we, we, we hit a few spots there in, uh, uh, oh, um, Brandon, we were, when we drove across, we were going to go paddling in Brandon, but we couldn't because the floods had washed away the riverbank and all the docks and everything. Oh, Cause okay, I, I don't yeah, know if you remember yeah, that. We yeah. were, we went to the visitor center and you're supposed to be able to. Yeah. And yeah, the, the floods had washed everything away. So we oh, couldn't, wow. we couldn't actually launch our canoes from there. Yeah. So that kind of put the kibosh on that. But huh. there's definitely a lot of paddling opportunities in, in Manitoba. There really is. It's surprising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Woodland Caribou is right on the border. This is true. Right? So you can cruise through there, do the Blood Vein River, one of the mm-hmm. heritage rivers there and all that sort of thing. So yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, who goes canoeing with their mother-in-law? Uh, good, a lot of funny little stories. Check them out. I'm sure you'll definitely go, yeah, I can relate. And uh, it's, like I say, a cheap little book if you're looking to give somebody something different for Christmas. Is this a one-off or is it is he a full-on author? Does he have other books? Um... You haven't looked? I don't think he hasn't. No, I think this is his first one. Okay. Yeah. Misguided Tales of an Avid Paddler. Oh. Uh, yeah, this is his first one. I think he's a pastor. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so check that out. Like I say, kylepenner.net is his Facebook page. You can find all the info there. And uh, Kyle Penner Author on Facebook. Check that out and you can see some more information and, and whatnot there. As Derek quickly Tippy tappies away and yeah, I found the book, <laughs> and uh, it's only there's only one by him. Yeah, I'm sure find. it won't be his last. Oh, and only and one left in stock on Amazon. Really? Yep. Well, there'll be a fight over who gets it. Yeah. Uh, when you start looking at the beginning, though, uh, endorsements by Roy McGregor, Dana Starkle, who him and his dad. Uh, paddle to the Amazon. I got the paddle to the Amazon oh, book right down yeah, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Oh, this Kevin Callan fella. Oh, yeah. Yeah, an endorsement by him as well. And Mike Ranta. Wow. They all gave him endorsements Impressive. for the book. Yeah. Uh, oh, Peter Kelligan from the Red Green Show. No. Yep. <laughs> Bob Henderson, <laughs> canoe tripper and educator. Yeah. Charles Burchill, analyst, biologist, canoeist. Uh, Rick, uh, Dry Diger, Dry, Dry Diger, Churchill River Canoe Outfitters. So yeah, there's some, some people are saying some nice stuff about this book and don't yell at meteorologists, the grudge, the Jolly Canuck Riparian Catering, Ser- Catering Services. That was, we've thought about this one. If you, if you read the Jolly Canuck, is it Riparian? Riparian? Riparian. Areas, Riparian yeah. Catering Service. I'll let you read the book because we've had this idea before. Yeah. Uh, the Lost Hiker, Stuck Between a Rock and a Hard Place, Who Goes Canoeing with Their Mother-in-Law, Bigfoot is Real, Somebody Stole Our Canoe, uh, Paddle Faster, I Hear Banjos. These are just some of the titles of the chapters and the little stories he, he has in here. <laughs> Seven People in a Canoe, Windbound. What do you mean you don't like portaging? <laughs> <laughs> so, are you, so far, yeah, uh, I'm on page... Do, 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 149 of 204. Nice. And yeah, I'm just ripping right through that. I'm hmm. just, yeah, I didn't want to put it down. It was yeah. just a good read. So, so check that one out and, uh, I think you'll enjoy it. And like I say, we'll have him on in the new year yeah. and, uh, he can tell, talk about some of the stories. And, uh, I, I asked him, I said, I want to hear about where you're actually paddling as well. Yes. You know, I want to hear about these, these yeah. areas you're paddling. Cause that's kind of cool to be. 
you know, when, when you've got to sort of lean back and when the water's high <laughs> and pull yourself across, yeah. you know, with your hands. Eek. Yeah. Yeah. A long tunnel and you're, yeah. it sounds like it's like a cave sort of thing yeah. you're going through, right? That's kind of cool. That, that's kind of cool. So we'll, we'll see what happens mm-hmm. there. And what else we got here on the old, oh, Dublin. We're, we're taking a trip to Dublin, Ireland now. <laughs> we're there. Things are brewing. Yes. Not good things brewing. It's, it is a strange story. So we talked about um, Cambridge and we talked about a couple places in the States that are repurposing um, bridges and dams and stuff like that that are already in existence in the rivers uh, in local, like the urban towns, like right in town or, you know, the edge yeah. of town, whatever, and making whitewater parks. Cool idea. Yeah. Throw some money at it. Half this stuff is just a matter of um, ripping out a dam or ripping out half a dam, ripping a center out of the dam. Yeah. You know, so, the, so you got the white water stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're restoring waterways and retaining some of it for whitewater activities yeah. so that it's still within use, but they restore it. And a lot of the time they're doing this to... Uh, restore fish stocks and, yes. and fish uh, migration. Habitats yeah, and, the habitats yeah. and pathways yeah. to for, for for spawning and stuff. Yeah, and it so it's it's uh, it's a dual purpose. It's that uh, it makes sense to spend the money because you're restoring uh, waterways for the fish, but as well you're also putting in tourism areas that draws people to it for like uh, whitewater runs and and so on. But this one here is. Uh, it's not in a natural waterway. Yeah. And that's the big deal. So back in, I think it was May, 2019 here, uh, they said, Hey, you know, it'd be a good idea. Let's look into putting a whitewater, they call it a rafting park in the middle of Dublin. Cause you know, that's what you do. Yeah. Um, there's, there's nothing really there. So they said, we're going to do this and draw in some tourism. And I guess the original, guesstimate was going to be about 12 million euros, which I'm not sure what the um, 12 million would have been about what, 14, 15 you million You add US? like 30% or something to it. Is that what it is? Yeah. So yeah, add like say three or four million. Yeah. So 17 million, we'll call it 17 yeah. million, you know, cause our, our mathical. <laughs> uh, so say $17 million to bring this whitewater rafting to Dublin. And then they did the whole, well, okay, well, that sounds cool. Let's just check it all out and get all the estimates and make sure we're on board with this. And it actually comes out to 22 million, which is (laughs) $32 million, just over $32 million. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So they did, they did in November. Yeah. The end of November. And they they voted. They voted. The councillors voted two thirds said, let's go for it. And $32 million or 22 million euro. Yeah. 23 million euro. Yep. So they voted. So it's very shortly after they had some trouble with, uh, financial institutions Mm -hmm. and, and so they're still, they're, they're, they're well on their way to recovery, but they wouldn't think that the, the purse strings are that loose that they would. Well, that's where the problem started. One says, hey, we're going to bring this 22 million euro <laughs> facility yeah. to the middle of Dublin. We're going to bring in tourists and yeah. everybody's going to love it. And everybody's going to, everybody, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you guys drinking? Says, number one, nobody asked for this. Yeah. Number two, there are, you know, housing issues that exactly, need yeah. that money yeah. would go huge into building more housing. Because Ireland and, is still recovering from their, their yeah. housing issues. Yeah. So there's all that. And there is a massive uproar. Uh, they said, yeah, the money needs to be spent on more housing, reinvigorating the city's dying art scene, its nightlife, uh, facilities for sports the people of Dublin actually play. That was the biggie. <laughs> well, I know, right in the middle of so Ireland, Dublin. It's it's not the this giant whitewater capital of the world or anything. No, no. <laughs> uh, thing, yeah. So they're saying like things that wouldn't cost anywhere near twenty two yeah. million euro. Yeah. Put the money into that sort of which 
I agree with. How much have we described? Have we just, have you described the actual facility yet? No, no. It looks like a square. Yeah. With white water in it. Yeah. So it kind of, when I looked at the video of it, it reminded me of that optical illusion where you go a full square, you go or a full circle and it's stairs that are always going down, but then it meets at the other end. So, so there's going to be some, there's going to be some kind of machinery that has to pump water. And there's going to be a, have to be a height of land down to a low end. And you can see where the water is feeds in and then drops out almost in the same spot. So you're going to have a difference in height. And so it's just, it's like this manufactured whitewater facility with gates and, uh, mm-hmm. and there's going to, they're going to be able to change the character of the river, just turn off the water and drain, let it drain. And then they'll be able to change, uh, you know, hazards or, you know, design features and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's a full on designed facility and it's, uh, but to spend this kind of money in this location at this time, it's, it's a head scratcher really. It really is. And so they, they said, yeah, first year we're predicting 11,000 customers. 11,000? That 11, doesn't 000. seem like a lot. No, it doesn't. Uh, projected total after five is 37,000 tourists a year, or sorry, uh, visitors a year. Facility will cost the taxpayers, like they say, the 22 million euro, followed by an on-site cost of at least 50 euros per person. So if you want to go there, it's going to cost you, what's that, 75 bucks or whatever. So if, if 20,000 people go, that's a million euro a year mm-hmm. at 20,000 people. Mm-hmm. And the opponents of this saying, where are you pulling these people <laughs> <Yes>. from? <laughs> Not happening. Yeah. And 50 uh, euros, that's a, that's a pretty hefty price tag. 70 bucks a day. Yeah. Well, that's if it's a day or if they put. So they're like thinking it's going to be like a ski hill type thing. People are going to, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. You know, it, it, but it's just, I yeah. don't know. Like, so nobody asked for this. There's no natural demand for whitewater rafting in the middle of Dublin city center. And there never has been. There won't be when the center first opens and there certainly won't be four years down the road. <laughs> and there, one person quite sarcastic in one of the articles I read. So... In four years, when they're saying there's going to be more people, it's going to be in four years, you're going to be going, you know what? Maybe I do need to go whitewater rafting and <laughs> kayaking. And yeah, all of a sudden, I'm just going to like it. <laughs> they're like, is that what you're expecting? Because yeah. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to poo-poo it too much, but it doesn't no. seem like it's a very good business decision. And I would love to be... In the sales meeting of of the genius who came up with this idea and sell, sold it to the city, oh, it's like you need this. Well, there was a couple a couple of articles. I, I'm not even going to repeat, but basically they said, "Who was the Pied Piper guy <laughs> that went into the council meeting and played his little pipe yeah, there and yeah. got two thirds to follow this him?" This is what you need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so one 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 of the detractors has said. Um, the whitewater rafting thing is really for tourists. Yes. It's for employees of tech firms who don't have to stay here any longer than eight months <laughs> and people who are killing time rather than living their lives. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. So if you happen to be down there, then maybe you'll take, you know, you're, you're visiting or you something. You make it, take a chance on it. Or work yeah, or check something it out. like that. Because it's going to be, what was it? It looks like it's going to be like whitewater kayaking, whitewater canoeing and whitewater rafting. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, uh, someone counselor said, Hey, this will be great for, uh, training our emergency services. Oh yes. One of the people. Yeah. It's designed as a, for use as a tourist attraction and by sports clubs. It will also be made available to Dublin fire brigade and other emergency services as a training resource. And the one counselor that voted in favor of the proposal said it was an investment in Dublin's emergency services and that it has potential to provide recreational facilities. <laughs> so primarily, what? primarily yeah. emergency services. Yeah. Now the, the training for emergency services. So these, these firefighters and stuff, the only reason why they need it for emergency to train on is because now it exists. 
Whereas yeah. they wouldn't have needed the training before. No. So now what this says to me is now that we've built it, it's going to cost our emergency services more. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're the only body who has really come out in favor of the project out of all these out external bodies yeah. is Canoeing Ireland, who said, we would be very excited about the project for developing young athletes in that area and giving kids an opportunity to grow a love for water. <laughs> it's so Only expensive. problem I have with this, 20 minutes down the road, yes. outside of Dublin, yeah. rafting.ie. There's a rafting company on, yeah. I can't even pronounce the name of the river. There's a rafting company there, 20 minutes outside of town. Yeah. Like a 20 minute drive from downtown Dublin. You can go do the whitewater rafting, canoeing, whatever you want. So it's already, a facility already exists. So you don't even take 22 billion, take, take a couple million even yeah. and make something out of that. Yeah. Something that Fix already up that exists. Facility. Right? Yeah. Expand the facility. So I, so, um, after all this outrage. Counselors now, <laughs> so that happened the end of November, yeah. the beginning of December, all the outrage, and now counselors are counselors are set to vote in January on whether they should rescind support for the whitewater rafting course. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Oh, everybody hates us. Hey, let's not do it. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. You know what? Somebody just really, yeah. I think they saw. You know what? We we've been having such a bad time. This is just my own speculation. Yeah. Let's give them something to boost morale and it's, something that's going to be cool. It's like and, Sim City or something. Yeah. You know, you, well, you if you want a happy population, you must build a stadium. If you mm -hmm. want a happy population, you must build a park. Right. Yeah, but not a whitewater <laughs> rafting park. No. If you know. I mean, especially since one already exists now, like we, we, you know, it, it should be exciting that, Hey, there's a new facilities being built and Hey, we're paddlers. This would be really neat to have, mm -hmm. but it would be neat to have if it was like a fraction of the cost. It just seems like a, a waste of the, uh, of, of, of tax dollars to build something that the people who pay the taxes there won't be using. Like what yeah. they estimate uh, it would only serve about 2% of the population. Yeah. 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 Out like, of a 1.7 million, it would probably benefit 2%. Yeah. And of that 2%, they say like the majority of them are tourists. Yeah. Yeah. Or aren't there like. Yeah. yeah they're for short yeah. term but with, with businesses yeah. or in town with, uh, with tech, with the tech, tech startups and, that, yeah. and stuff like that. But like they say, like put, put that money into sports. Yeah. Something. That people actually play. Yeah. There. Right. So, huh. I mean, yeah, you, you, you I don't think Dublin City Council should be trying to build a whitewater yeah. community. That's somebody else's job. That, yeah, that's private right? industry. So, yeah. Private, you know what? If a private industry came in and spent this money and built this facility. That's one thing. All the power to them. Yeah. Because when you have a business plan and it makes sense and you crunch the numbers and say, yeah, we can make money at this, then all the power to them. But a city is not building this to make money. A no. city is building this because... They have the money and it's a place to spend the money. And that money can be put elsewhere yeah. from all the detractors. Yeah. Uh, so January 6th, there's a meeting. The construction is set to begin on the new facility in the second half of 2020 after councillors gave the green light for the go ahead. So, and we had talked earlier, I wonder if there's contracts in that have already yeah. signed. Is there going to be penalties? So if they vote to rescind the decision. And if money has already been spent, that's already spent, it's gone. And if there's any contracts, there could be cancellation penalties mm -hmm. to to uh, get rid of these contracts that have been signed for the construction or for the design. Because if they if they uh, already voted on it, guaranteed they've already paid some design company, some architectural firm to start planning it out. And yeah. so surveys are probably already started. They probably already, you know, looking. You think that would happen within two weeks? Because so that seems like what the timeline was. To f to do a proper uh, engineering study to see how it's going to fit into the current footprint of, of the downtown core, you're going to have to survey. You're mm -hmm. going to have to get an idea of the footprint. Of no, the but what size. I'm saying is, is from 
the minute that they said we're going to do this to the minute they said, Ooh, I think maybe we might rescind. Yeah. That was, that was only about a two week span. Do you think they would have all their contracts and everything? No, they wouldn't have point? a lot of contracts, but there would be an engineering firm that's been already paid money. Yeah. I, I would put dollar. I would, oh, I would, I, I would think right? so because they had to have the yeah. evaluation yeah. and the guesstimates and Yeah. So that, 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 and you know what, that engineering firm that's already been saying, Hey, okay, start designing it. Guaranteed. They're going to go, well. If it's canceled, we're just going to say we've already surveyed it. We're just going to say we've spent 3,000 hours of man hours to start the study. And so they're going to, if there isn't a penalty, there's going to be a hidden penalty, right? Yeah. Now, the other thing you have to look at, and I'll sort of put this at the end here, uh, an estimate of 22.8 million euros. Yep. Estimate. (laughs) Yes. How many projects that you get like this big building project for stuff like this actually comes in under budget. Oh, it's very rare. So, you know, I, I'm thinking a maybe private 25 firm, A million. private company building something like this would come in under budget. But when you're yeah. talking tax dollars and government funding, they never come in under budget. Yeah. Or yeah. I shouldn't say never, but it's very rare, yeah. right? So, you know, you're, you can see this going up to 25 million. Or more. Yeah. Or more, yeah. yeah. So there'll be delays and this, that, the other thing. I'm laying 20 bucks that come January 6th, that two thirds goes, yeah, this probably <laughs> needs a second thinking. <laughs> and yeah. We're not yeah. going to do this. But yeah, especially when you got 20 minutes on the road, you got these guys going to be helping I know. out. I know. Jump into bed with a company that's already doing it. Give them a ton of cash. They listen, you run your business. We're going to build a big park here for we'll people. We'll provide. And- yeah. You know what? If they provided... The city could do this without costing too much money. If they just said, here's the footprint, we will give you a tax break on it. You build it, the tax, bar, the tax dollars will come in. You know what I mean? Like it's- and The city will help promote it. Yeah. That sort of, that's going to be like a, a fraction of what they're going to pay for oh, absolutely. brand new. Yeah. So. Get somebody else to, to wow. take the liability, right? And like I said, as much as we love to see- new facilities and all that. I mean, we were, we're always talking about saying, Hey, this is awesome seeing this. And this is awesome seeing yeah. that. Sometimes something like this comes across that we're just like, oh, guys, yeah, it's like, what's guys, going guys. on? Can't, can't be doing this. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see what, uh, what happens in good old Dublin. <laughs> yes. They're all going to. January 6th, right? There's going to be a shillelagh fly in and <laughs> council hall. We'll have to follow up on this. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. Yeah. J- uh, January 6th is going to be the vote. Yeah. So we'll see what happens on there. Um, I think that's all I've got. Oh, you've got a last minute Christmas gift idea. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to mention. So, uh. I think we mention this every year. Yes, we do. Because it's a good resource. And and normally we, uh, we do some sort of uh, Christmas wish list. If this is what you're looking for, this is what you can spend your hard earned dollars on. And we, we sort of got uh, sidetracked. We didn't come up with our typical list this year. But I did, uh, I did receive an email recently from MKC and right now there's, there's no discount promotion so that the, the discounts and the sales will start in like, uh, during the show season where they're trying to pump up their courses and stuff like that. But right now what they're saying is, Hey, Christmas is just around the corner. If you're looking for a last minute, uh, gift idea, if you're, you know, if you're a late shopper like Sean is, then you could, uh, you would, uh, buy a gift certificate from MKC at Mattawa, Mattawaska Canoe Center and, uh, get your loved one or family friend or nephew or whatever, uh, uh, gift certificate for, uh, some of these, uh, popular courses like the five day whitewater, there's family weeks, there's weekend whitewater courses, women's week. There's lots of courses mm-hmm. that are available for people who are expanding their skills into the whitewater area. Like a, a lot of people, I, th- I think it's kind of natural that once you start your flat water, but less, uh, some people start with whitewater, some people start with flat, but, uh, I paddled flat water for many years until I decided, you know what, I, I this looks fun. I want to try and get into this, right? I've done multiple courses at MKC. I've done week-long uh, kayak whitewater courses. I've done uh, extended weekend whitewater canoe courses. It's uh, it's a really amazing facility and some really amazing people that uh, do the training. The food there is amazing. Like if you do a multiple day stay and you buy the meal plan, like there's there's a chef on site. That, like they do some really nice things with food. 
And while while Derek is telling you all this and selling it like a salesman, yeah. they have no clue we're actually talking no, about No, no, they have no idea. Yeah, we're not paid to do this. It's just, it just came it's just up. just experience. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just, we've I've been there and Sean's supposed to go there one of these years to learn yeah. how to whitewater canoe. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's just an amazing facility. So, so yeah, grab a grab a gift yeah. certificate. Go online. What do they have their your web, their web page or whatever there? Yes. So it's just mkc.ca. Okay, mkc.ca. That's easy. Enough. Pretty simple. Matawaska Canoe Center. Grab mm-hmm. check out the different packages they have. You can get gift certificates and even I mean you just buy a gift certificate that people can put towards. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to you don't have you to don't buy have to them the full course. package. Yeah, it, no, just yeah. say hey. I'm, Here's 50 bucks, 100 bucks, $7, whatever to go towards your... (laughs) Here's three bucks. (laughs) Here's what I got. Here's a gift certificate, three bucks. I'd like to use this, please. Uh, Yeah, get get them a gift certificate for MKC and help them out get some uh, new skills. Because like I said, yeah, Derek says, a lot of people out there wanting new skills and it's a perfect place to to check them out. And it is a world-class facility as well. It is. And what's unique about this facility, and I don't want to sell them too much, but... What's neat about this facility is that they've got an agreement with the local uh, Ontario Power Generation uh, Headwater Dam. And uh, the so what they've done is they've arranged on schedule. So at like 8 in the morning, they open the uh, the Headwater Dam. And at 4 in the afternoon, they close it up. So like, we, and I've, the the times that I've been up there, like you on the on the day or during the day when you're out there on the water you see all this white water and you see all the gates and you, you go through it you get flipped and turned and it's like it's a lot of fun and then you go up there after supper and it's like it's just this little burbling stream you yeah. can walk right across <laughs> it's like the water's gone so it's kind of neat that way the uh, they, they have a program timed agreement with the local water facility to uh, release water on schedule which is cool that's yeah. pretty cool Awesome. Um, I think that's all I've got. What do you got? Anything else? That, well, that's it. That's I'm, it? I'm excited about this book that you just got. Yeah. So when you're done with it, now I I want to read it. I'll pass it to you so you can't read it. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you actually read a book? Uh, and I mean a real book. <laughs> Not a graphic I novel. Am, I am about a third of the way through Lines on the Map by uh, Frank Wolf. Only a third of the way? I'm busy, man. <laughs> I've got a six-year-old and a nine-year-old. Like I, I now when I go camping is the only time I can find time to read a book. Oh, uh, see, I'll I've gotten into when I go to I'll go to bed a little bit early yeah. and I'll read. Problem with that is then it's like I'm reading for two hours instead yeah. of yeah I'm going to bed in an hour I'm going to go read for an hour, <laughs> two hours three hours yeah. whatever later yeah. you wake up at two in the morning the books on your face your light's still on. <laughs> <laughs> And you go, oh man, I gotta be up in three hours. I used to read so much more and yeah. it's just, I don't know, it's just lifestyle change or something. Yeah. So like I've, I've got, uh, I, I occasionally buy books, eBooks and read them on my phone, especially camping or winter yeah. camping or stuff like that. Where you, it's like, I still bring my quiet time. I still bring a hard copy book. I, I bring magazines thing. and stuff like uh, when I go camping, something that's can fit. I don't have to worry about getting it all water damaged and stuff like that. Well, I stick like this book here, Yeah. which is, you know what? seven inches by 10. I'll throw that into a, um, yeah. uh, Ziploc bag mm-hmm. and throw it in my pack. So I don't need to worry about it getting soaked or anything. But yeah. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when I do my, a lot of, but no, I've get to the point where I'll just be sitting there. Somebody will be watching TV upstairs and I'll just plop down on the couch and just sort of spend some social time yeah. with the rest of them rather yeah. than being down in the studio all the time. I'll, I'll go upstairs, sit and but on the couch, read a book while they're yeah. watching something on TV and yeah, I get, I get it back into books. I enjoy reading books. I used to be a prolific reader. I used to, you know, a book a week type thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just lifestyle changes and kids and distractions yeah. and. <laughs> Happens dude. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing I have, <laughs> the rise of Skywalker is released. That's the last Star yes. Wars. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, today's the day. So as everybody is listening to this tomorrow morning, a lot of people are going to be talking about it. Yeah, because we record the, Wednesday night. Yeah. So a lot of people are there right now watching that movie. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah. Last Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker. Well, it won't be the last. I'll I'm probably sure not. there'll be more. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> 
They're always talking Chewbacca movie and yeah, I'm sure Disney stuff. doesn't want any money from this anymore. No, no, the we're, Mandalorian. We're done with this. Oh, I want to go to that new ride at Disney. Oh, the Millennium Falcon, dude. Oh, that I'm going to go down there to that Millennium. I'm going to if I can steal that thing, <laughs> I'm finding a way. If anybody wants to help me steal the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> I'm putting this out there right now. <laughs> we're all going to hook up down at Disney, and when it closes for the evening, yeah. we're stealing the Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, run away! <laughs> there was 700 people lifting up this thing and carrying it down the highway. <laughs> But I don't know how park officials missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like it'd be an amazing ride. Yeah. You get to pilot the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. That'd be <laughs> awesome. That'd be awesome. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Star Wars dreams, baby. Yeah. Star Wars yeah, dreams. Absolutely. Well, we were we were on the uh, thing, the uh, uh, Canoe Hound Adventure show last night, a couple nights back. Yeah. And they had a panel, so I just I just jumped on there. And they're talking, what's your favorite Christmas movie? And I said, Star Trek, the motion picture. And everybody, exactly, definitely quiet. <laughs> and they're all like, what are you talking about? Yorkton, Saskatchewan. Yeah. Back in 70, whatever it was released. Okay. Christmas Eve, my dad took us all oh. to Star Trek, hmm. the motion picture. And we're all like, oh, this is great. Too bad mom couldn't join us. <laughs> and we couldn't figure out why. Dad was taken to the movies Christmas Eve oh. without mum. She was rapping. And the next year we went and saw Disney's The Black Hole. Yeah. Remember the one with the robots and stuff like that? Yep. Christmas Eve without <laughs> mum. Eventually we caught on. Yeah. Mom is <laughs> Santa. We, I think we saw Empire Strikes Back as well. Yeah. At Christmas too. But yeah, st- Christmas movie, Star Trek, the motion picture. <laughs> well, that's not a Christmas movie. Shut up. Yes, it is. <laughs> Go Kirk. <laughs> Rock on Spock. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's all, uh, that's all I've got, uh, for this week. Yes. Uh, oh, and we will be doing a couple shows over the holidays as well. Absolutely. Most, most other people are taking the two weeks yeah. off. We're not slackers. We're dedicated. We aren't quitters. Our we mama's never raised a quitters. Week yet. That's right. <laughs> I feel the cold coming on. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we have we, we put a we've put us episode out every single day for the last for almost three years. Almost yeah. 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 Almost four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For almost. the last two hundred and one weeks. Yeah. <laughs> we're only uh a month and we're we're five weeks shy of four years. Yeah. Six weeks yeah. shy. Five, six, six, mm-hmm. five, four, three. Yeah. This yeah. was what, uh, first or second week of February, our first episode came out? Yeah, it was like close to Valentine's Day. Yeah. So. Yeah. So? Yeah. We're getting close awesome. to four years. Woot, woot. Huh. Uh, well, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can download or listen to our podcasts, all 201 of them at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. You can also go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and click on all the episodes there. You can stream them or download them. Uh, Check out our YouTube channel. We do have a couple of things there. If you've got some guest blogs, we're still looking for guest blogs. And if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you share it with your friends on Facebook and other social media sites. And hey, Tell your grandma to give it a listen to as well. She'll enjoy it. <laughs> so uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.